Nightshade Entertainment Reviews Podcast with your host, SC Covert. Hey guys, just like to say, uh, gonna get the show back up and running again. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. And I also apologize for the long delay in between uh, now and when we said we we're gonna take our break. We've been uh, doing a lot to restructure and life kind of got in the way. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> but uh, anyways, on to what we need to do. Hi guys, I'm Messi Covert, and I'm going to be spending this episode talking about a very popular video game, Halo Reach. Now, I know ma- many of you probably know what Halo Reach is. Some of you may not know what it is. So those of you that don't know what it is or are still iffy on whether or not you want to buy it, I'm going to help you out with that. Uh, Halo Reach came out on September 14th. Uh, which is September 15th for Japan, uh, and its first day it generated $200 million worldwide worth of sales. It's a lot of money. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Halo Reach came out on the Xbox 360. It is a first-person shooter, and it's rated out. So, uh, first and foremost, I'm going to be breaking the, the game down into six categories. First category would be graphics and sound. Second category is ease of controls. Third category is the campaign. Fourth is the online multiplayer. Fifth one is going to be the cons. And the sixth one is overall, you know, is it worth your money? And I also give it a rating. So, to start off with, I'm going to be talking about the graphics and the sound of this game. Let's just start off by saying that Bungie hit the nail on the head when it comes to with the Halo universe. It is, I don't know, breathtaking. I don't know how they do it. <laughs> I reach with this amazing landscapes and awesome environment interaction. You can basically interact with every environment in the game. When you walk through the grass, it moves according to your movements. When you walk through the water, the water will flow around your feet and splash as you walk. Also, the water looks very, very, very real. It's crystal clear. <laughs> so, uh, the dust and dirt also gets kicked up underneath wheels and helicopter rotors, which is, like, really cool, because they had a new vehicle called the Falcon. And when you're lifting off and you're on the dust part, like, dust will, like, you know, move as you're lifting off and the rotors start moving, so it's really awesome. Um, also, plasma rounds from the Covenant weapons, they will burn into surrounding environments, which means they leave, like, if you look at the metal after you shoot a plasma around into it, or concrete, or anything, it will show, like, red molten, uh, like, melted metal or concrete around it. It'll glow, like, bright red, and after a while it'll dull to black, so it's really cool. It's just like it's burning through the, through the object, whatever it is that you're shooting at. Um, also, the bullet, bolts from the human weapons leave dents and holes, so, like, it, I mean, same thing as plasma, like, they, you know, human. Once they don't really burn through it, but it looks pretty cool. Uh, the grenades in the game can also destroy certain objects that range from vehicles all the way down to barricades. Uh, the barricades, if you throw a grenade by a barricade, you know, one grenade will maybe knock off some of the corner of the barricade, like a concrete barricade, so the corner will just fall off and turn into rubble. And like more grenades will, you know, diminish it even more. So that's really cool too. I remember the first time I saw that, I didn't even know what was happening. I was hiding behind a barricade, and there's a bunch of you know, Covenant people on the other side. I think I was playing Legendary, or Heroic. But they kept throwing grenades at me, and I was like, what is going on? What is 
what's it like blowing up? And I looked, it's like, oh, it's just grenades. But why is the barricade falling apart? And then, you know, I clicked. I'm like, oh, wait, the barricade is falling apart because of grenades. Duh. I'm like, oh, it's really cool. I've never seen that before in another game. So that's really awesome. Um, there's just uh, a lot of destructible environments, which is really, really neat. Uh, and it's the best graphics for any Halo game today. So graphics and sound, pretty good. <laughs> How to use the controls. Now, those of you that are used to the Halo 3 controls are definitely going to be disappointed. Yeah, the controls change again. No more press B to melee attack. Instead, the default button in Halo Reach is a right bumper. B now becomes the switch grenades button. X is still your action button. A is still jump. Y is still swap weapons. Uh, there is also another change, though. When you're using the Banshee and some other vehicles, you have to press Y to swap between the weapons of the vehicle. Like, for a Banshee, it will swap between the Plasma Cannon and the regular Plasma Rounds. And also to do the uh, maneuvers, you have to hold down the left bumper and move the joystick in the direction you want to maneuver. So that's also different. Uh, these controls, if these controls are not satisfying, you uh, still have the option to switch around the controls to your liking. I mean, no, you can't map every single individual button, but you can swap between different button presets. Like, there's one that is actually very close to the Halo 3 button configuration. So, I mean, if you're just not liking the Reach ones, you can definitely change to the more Halo 3-like one. I don't know if it's 100% the same, but I know it's a lot similar. So I was looking at it. Um, okay, now the next topic is going to be campaign. The campaign, well, the campaign is just absolutely beautiful. It's, I mean, it's really, 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 really cool. <laughs> Halo Reach is supposed to be the first Halo installment, so it tells the origin where the Spartans came from and where it all began. The campaign gameplay is more squad-oriented, which is definitely new to all the Halo games. Uh, the popular line, actually, in the cutscenes before the first level, you're climbing into the Falcon, and the the squad leader of Noble Team, he says to you, you know, he, he say, look at your file and stuff like that, and he's like, but the lone wolf stuff stays behind. And they really mean it. I mean, that's just a hint to tell you what the game is going to be about. And that tells you right off the get-go that, you know, that's what you need to do. You need to work with the team. So, I mean, it's fairly hard to be a, a lone wolf in a campaign. You just won't survive. I mean, assuming that you're playing on a harder difficulty, it's easy, you know, that's easy. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of storyline in the game, and you learn a lot about the Spartans' personalities, which also, you know, you create, like, a, a liking to different Spartans and stuff, so they try to form a personal basis between you and the other Spartans. And it works. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to go ahead and read you guys the description from the back of the box, kind of give you a summary of what it's all about. I would tell you my summary, but I'm just afraid it's going to ruin some of the storyline for some of you uh, listeners, so I don't want to do that. <laughs> Alright, so the back of the box. Let's see here. Welcome to Reach. Part of the UNSC's military power and home to the iconic Spartan super soldier. For decades, humanity has fled from the relentless Covenant threat, but now the largest Covenant fleet ever witnessed looms in the darkened skies over Reach. Noble Team Equipped with a deadly arsenal of high-tech weaponry and abilities, and bolstered by the full might of the UNSC, 
must stand and face a full-scale planetary invasion with humanity's fate hanging desperately in the balance. If Reach falls, little will stand between the Covenant and the complete and total annihilation of the human race. So yeah, if that doesn't want to keep you playing the game, I don't know what will. <laughs> that was just the description they have in the back of the box. Uh, now I'm going to move on to the next topic here. The next section, rather. It's online and multiplayer. Um, Bungie went far to implement a new system to keep gamers at their Xbox. Actually trying for something other than top scoreboard and kills every game. How many, you know, team kills you get. <laughs> um, if you're by any way familiar with MMORPGs, which is massive multiplayer online role-playing games, uh, games like World of Warcraft, then this new system for Reach will be nothing new to you. Have you guessed it yet? Yeah. Uh, quests. That's right, quests. Every week and every day you're given new, quote, challenges. They call them challenges, but in the MMORPG world, it would be quests. So. But uh, every week and every day you're given new challenges to complete. They're split into two, two categories, daily challenges and weekly challenges. It's pretty self-explanatory, but daily challenges are changed daily. Weekly challenges change weekly. So, you know, you finish daily challenges for the day, and then you have to wait for the next day to get your new set of challenges. But they're not that easy to actually accomplish. Like, you can't just go boom, 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 done. <laughs> it actually takes some time, especially the weekly ones. Um, for example, I have to, you know, like 30 multiplayer games you have to play. There are 30 multiplayer matchmaking, game, matchmaking games was this week's. That was a weekly challenge. Some of them are like kill 400 enemies and firefight or the certain game variant or get so many headshots or, I mean, they actually have you doing like certain specific stuff. So it's not all bland, easy, the same stuff over and over again. Um, another system that is implemented in Reach is the point system. You gain points for completing games, doing well in games, finishing challenges, finishing campaign levels, more points for higher difficulty, of course, and forging your own maps. But when you forge your own maps, you only get like 50 points, which is hardly anything. Um, these points you save up to purchase different armor attributes, attributes that are changeable are the visual appearances of your armor, helmet, chest piece, knee guards, wrist guards, shoulder pads, visor color, and armor effects. Now the armor effect option is, well, it's an effect that applies to your armor, either after death or at all times. Um, there's also one last changeable feature, it's the firefight voice. Um, firefight voice only works in the firefight game variant. Yeah, I'll be explaining the firefight game variant later. Uh, it is basically a commentary that your character gives when you do certain things in firefight like... Get double kills, headshots, killing sprees. You know, those are just some examples. Um, I mean, the firefight voice is pretty cool. Because <laughs> cap off a few headshots, it's like, oh yeah, or something like that. And that's just the default one. But, uh, so uh, now I'm going to explain the game variants. Uh, there's Slayer, which is just free for all team Slayer. You know, just kill the other team with your team. Uh, capture the flag, SWAT is pretty much 
Hitchhot kills. You get headshot, they're instantly dead for SWAT. Headhunter, stockpile, firefight, invasion, multi-team, big team battle, team arena, and doubles arena. Um, I'm going to explain the new variants that they implemented. Uh, Headhunter, which is definitely new. Uh, the objective is to grab as many skulls as you can and bring them to the designated scoring location. You obtain skulls by killing people. And uh, it shows little indicators about people's heads. How many skulls they have. Or if it doesn't show anything, you automatically just get one. But let's say you kill a guy who has number five over his head. Five over his head, you're going to get those five skulls. So, um, And then... Another new one is Stockpile. The objective for this game type is to go around the map and grab flags and bring them to your designated scoring location. Pretty stuff. I mean, that's pretty easy. Go get flags, bring it back. Get as many flags as you can, you know. There's also a timer. It's like every few seconds, or I'm not sure what the timer is exactly, but every time it ticks, it will count the flags, so... Another team has a chance to come in, steal flag, and leave before it would actually count. So it's not instant. Once you put the flag in there, it doesn't instantly score. It has a little timer it's on. Um. Oh, firefight. <laughs> firefight. Uh, the objective for firefight for firefight is just to stay alive and last through as many rounds as you can. Uh, you fight waves of covenant enemies, uh, which brutes included. Uh, the longer you last, the more kills you get, the more points. Um, another one is Invasion. Invasion has to be one of my favorite game types. I I absolutely love it. <laughs> it's really great. Um, you start off by playing as either Elites or Spartans. Either the Elites or the Spartans will be defending a certain location. It all depends on the map being played. And the other team has to capture it. Uh, if the offensive team does capture that point, then the location changes. Uh, the offensive team also captures that new location, then the location changes what once more but with twist. The offense the offensive team has to grab an objective, normally a power core, and bring it to their dropship. Then it's game over. And the sides switch so that the other team has a chance to do the same thing. So basically one team, Spartan or the humans, it all depends on which map you're playing. Because some of the alien maps will have the aliens defending and then the Spartan maps will the Spartan loops defending. So, uh, the reason I like it is just because you can, based upon how good your team does, it advances to like a next stage and a next stage. I mean, there's only like three different changes, but still a good bad stage. But I just like it because you can keep advancing. I mean, to me, I think that's cool. It's longer game type, but I just really like it. Um, now I'm going to talk about the player classes. That's right, the player classes. Um, in the beginning of each game, you get to choose a class with a different class-specific armor ability and starting weapon. Now, this all depends on which game type you're playing, also. Certain game types don't have that option. Like, if you're playing Classic Slayer, it's just going to be Classic Slayer with generic starting weapons and no class-specific abilities. Um... Uh, the different armor abilities that they have are Sprint, which lets you sprint for a shortened, short period of time. Uh, the Jetpack, which lets you fly around for a short period of time. The Armor Lock, which makes you invincible for a short period of time. The Active Camo, which allows you to go invisible for a short period of time. And Scrambles the Radar. 
and the evade ability, which allows you to leap and roll on the ground, which is really also good for getting behind people and uh, assassinating them. But <laughs> uh, the hologram, which allows you to send out a copy of yourself to a predetermined location for a short period of time, uh, which is on the map. You know, if you send, if you mark, you have, you have the choice to mark a spot. Like, say you mark it across the map, your holograms will keep walking until you know the time runs up and can be used. Uh, and lastly, there's a drop shield, which is basically just a bubble shield from Halo 3. But it has a countdown until you can use it again, which is very, very, very short. And it surrounds you with a bubble that makes you invincible to incoming projectiles, except for vehicles trying to run you over. And people can definitely walk through the bubble to try to meet you down. So don't think that you have a bubble around you, nobody can get in it, it's just your little bubble. Uh, people can walk. It's just the only thing that can't penetrate are plasma rounds, you know, bullets, grenades, and uh, weapons from like vehicles, like a, a wraith, their cannon, stuff like that. <laughs> but, um, so basically, those are the abilities that you can use in Halo Reach. Another feature that they implemented was the assassination animation. So it's not just you just go behind them, hit them to assassinate them. Now if you hold down the melee button while behind somebody, your character will do an animation like a stab in the back with a knife. Isn't that cool? With a knife. <laughs> or a breaking of your opponent's neck. It is a one-hit kill. So it's like, you get behind somebody to do that, and it's so cool. It feels so relieving after doing it, too. It's like, yes, I just owned you. Eat it. <laughs> you know? It's, it's so great. Um... So basically the online slash multiplayer aspect of this game is very appetizing, and I think that they did amazingly well. Now, the cons to this game. Sadly, there are some cons. <laughs> um, the first thing is that there's a change of button configuration. Again. Halo 1 was different. Halo 2 was different. Halo 3 was different. And now Halo Reach is different. Um, another con in the game is that other Spartans and Noble Team, and, you know, in the campaign here, Noble Team is a group of Spartans, um, the other Spartans and Noble Team don't die. They have unlimited sprint. I believe it's on the first or second level in the campaign. They're like, oh, double time it to this position. So they're all running ahead of you, and you're back here using your sprint. It goes on cooldown, so you have to pause, wait for it to recharge back up, and then use it again. It's so unfair. Plus, they don't really act like the Spartans that you read about in the novels, which is kind of disappointing. They do have some cool cutscenes, though, every now and then with the Spartans doing some cool stuff, but it's not what I expected. Um, another thing is the Jackals are ridiculously hard to kill on Heroic and Legendary. Those shields of theirs just don't disappear with anything. They're just really hard to kill. A lot different from any of the other Halo games. Uh, I was also not a big fan of the ending of Halo Reach. Another thing is the skybox, which is basically the boundaries of the level, are too containing. There's certain areas where you can't even stand on a roof. Uh, this one map where I believe it's Boneyard, where the firefight map is, it's on Boneyard, I believe. Not 100% sure, but either way. There's a, there's like a hut type thing on top of this little platform. And you can walk, go upstairs, or then go inside the hut, go around it. But if you go on top of the roof, which is not even 
not even that high. I mean, it's not ridiculously high where you'd be at, be at a disadvantage or the other people be at a disadvantage. It just doesn't let you go on top there. It's like, well, what if I want to sit up there and snipe or something? It's not, it's not like a place where it's outside the map. It's totally inside the map. So they're skyboxing. It's very, very, very annoying. <laughs> I, I don't like it because with the jetpack, you'd think the limits would be a little higher. If you go so high, or if you jump so high, then use a little bit of jetpack thruster. It'll say return to battle, you know, give your countdown. So it's not like you can go any higher than that. It's really, really aggravating. But uh, also the online game veto option, that is very, very frustrating. And I guess I can't really think of a way that they could really implement that better or improve it in any, but I just don't like getting into games waiting a while, you know, for people to join up and you know, be put together in groups. And then you get this, you get the three options, and then the none of, none, none of the above option. I just hate it when people are like, I'm not a big fan of SWAT, because in my opinion, I just don't like it. Um, but a lot of people choose SWAT for Team Slayer. I mean, I'd rather do just Team Slayer for Team Slayer. <laughs> Um, so people do that, and I'm like, oh, I waited all that time, and I, I can't leave the game, or else they'll take points away from me, it's just, I just don't like it, but I, then again, I can't come back and say where they can improve it, so. And the timer in between games is very small, which does not give you a lot of time to look at your stats before the next game begins, or you're automatically grouped with other people from your previous game. If you're the type of gamer that's like myself, I do not play, do not like playing with the same people over and over again, because I just, I like a new variety, I mean, come on, a little variety every once in a while, spice up a bit. <laughs> I just don't like playing with the same people over and over again, because a lot of people do the same thing, and I don't know, I'm good at seeing that, and plus if I'm on a team that loses every time, I don't want to be on a team again, I mean, think about it, I'm blue team, and if I'm on blue team, I get grouped with them again. Blue team. We're probably going to lose if we lost before. Especially if it's the same people. I mean, come on, really? <laughs> so. Uh, the invisibility needs to be beefed up. You can see the, through the stealth way too easily. What you have to do is you basically have to crouch and barely even move for you to be somewhat undetectable. You can like, see the outlines of your body. If you're crouching, I barely move the thumbstick and people can still see me. I'm like moving, not even at a walk, crouch pace. It's like less than baby steps of moving and people can still see you, which I think is unfair. I think if you're crouching, people shouldn't be able to see you that easily. I mean, it shouldn't be overpowered to the point where nobody can see you at all. Um, you should... You should just have a less... They should just... There's a happy medium there somewhere, you know what I mean? Like, if you're running, of course I can see that. But if you're crouching and moving, you should not be able to see them as well. A lot of the campaign maps in this game are the same exact maps they have in multiplayer. I'm thinking the designers got lazy. Better they pushed the date, the release date too early. Um, so in my opinion, I just think that's pure laziness. They could have recreated certain campaign maps and made them absolutely splendid, like splendid. I mean, 
if you gotta really use the campaign maps in the multiplayer, I think that's just really, really pathetic. I mean, I don't mean to be harsh, but in my opinion, I don't think that's great at all. So overall, is it worth your money? Definitely yes. Yes, that's a yes. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> if you're out there looking for like a new video game to play, this is a great, 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 I don't stress that enough, great option. <laughs> this game provides a lot of in-depth game gameplay for those hardcore gamers, as well as the option to play casually. So it's a great game for all FPS lovers. Like, you don't have to spend days and days doing these challenges. You can go on every once in a while playing an online game. But it does have does give you that option to progress and reach different rankings, do certain things. So, 10 being the best, 1 being the worst. <laughs> so, 9 out of 10 is what NSCRP gives it. Um, so, guys, if you have any questions or comments, or if I did not explain anything clearly, or if you have any questions about anything, just feel free to send me an email to nightshadepodcasts at gmail.com. Um, I also want to say that I'm glad to get the podcast back up and running again. Uh, I also apologize one more time for the gigantic gap in between. I know a lot of you listeners probably stopped listening because of that reason, but uh, these episodes, these episodes are going to be sporadic at first until I get a routine schedule down. So just bear with me. Oh, oh, I almost forgot. Um, I'm working on getting a new website going, so I'll have that done soon. And a side note to that is I played the beta, and there are significant changes from the beta to release. So once I have website up and running, I'm going to write down, like, put, post that on the website, the different changes that there were, in case you're curious. Because I did change quite a bit of stuff. Um, they're not huge, dramatic changes. I mean, the stealth is definitely one of them. Or the invisibility of that, the camo, whatever you want to call it. But uh, that was definitely one of the changes that they did implement. Because I remember in beta being able to just like sneak up on people very easily. It wasn't too easy, but it was pretty easy. So um, they kind of diminished the active camo a bit. But, uh, yeah, so that's that, guys. That's a wrap. Uh, hope you all take care. And uh, this has been SC Covert. Keep listening for money saving reviews.